Will and Christian in the morning. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Will and Christian in the morning. As always, I'm Will. And I'm Christian. But today, it's a little different. We have a couple special guests. First, I'd like to introduce big friend of the pod, past guest, James from the Berg. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Uh, Glad to see everyone's doing healthy, uh, being good, you know. Uh, none of that made sense, but let's roll with it. Wow, welcome back, we'll back. And then today we have a new guest. I'd like to introduce another personal friend of mine, Liam. Say hello. What's going on? What's going on? All right. So we got a good episode for you all today. Definitely. But uh, how you doing, Will? How you been? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, this week's been pretty chill still hard to keep track of what week is what but um (laughs) i actually just got my first like real haircut today um and luckily like everything was still all safe like everyone was wearing masks and social distancing and everything when possible but it was nice to to get like a a real haircut from a from a barber um so I'm, i'm liking that um otherwise just been like trying to get stuff done <laughs> like as much as blocking out yeah. things in my schedule to be more productive but yeah it's been a pretty good week how about you yeah um it's been good uh this past week i had uh, my cousins over shout out johnny front of the pod um so that was you know, the majority of my week they came over we did a lot of swimming we um i don't know it was mostly swimming spent a lot of time outside and all that but it was it was you know it was a nice little vacation even though I didn't go anywhere, but it was nice to see them because we don't get to see them that often. But uh, they just left the other day, so now, you know, now I'm like, well, now what? But um, uh, I'm going to the house this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So that that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. Uh, Jimmy, you've uh, you're back on after a while. How have you been? Uh, you know, it's I've been good. Been good. Uh, as you uh could guess uh by the mm-hmm. the title of the episode i've had a lot of time on my hands so i decided to uh reread the uh entire harry potter series including uh the cursed child and i wow, wow. i'm excited to talk about it yeah and liam you've been doing some reading too right uh yeah uh i reread the entire series too but um when we first started uh jimmy and i actually didn't know that we were both reading it and we got to like I think it was like book two, and I was like, Jimmy, yeah. uh, I've been reading these books like every night. And he was like, dude, me too. And I was like, no way. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's kind of that's how we got there. That's pretty crazy. Very interesting. Well, we will definitely touch on that soon. That's going to be the main topic for this episode. But for right now, we still, we've got actually a decent amount of pre-show news today. Yeah. Lately, it's been a little dry, but um, yeah. oh, Christian, why don't you start it off? Sure. So um, this past week has been a pretty big week for music. We got a lot of new releases. So um, first off, we got Logic, his highly anticipated final album, No Pressure. So he is now retiring from music to, I think, take care of his kid. And so he's just going to stay at home and not make too much music. Uh, I listened to maybe like half of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like Logic. I thought it was kind of corny, but I thought... From what I listened to, it was pretty good. I don't know. Liam, Jimmy, did you guys listen to it? Uh, I did not. I, I don't know about Liam, but I did not. 
uh, I haven't listened to the entire album, but I listened to a few select songs. And from what I listened to, uh, I myself am not a huge Logic fan, but I did yeah. hear that it was pretty good compared to uh, his last album, which uh, which wasn't received too well. So uh, yeah. I think it was good. Yeah, but uh, kind of big thing, you know, he's done with music, which is, uh, is that for the better or for the worse? I don't know, whatever. Uh, and then uh, a surprise drop from Taylor Swift. She surprise dropped her album Folklore, which I did just listen to. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. I uh, It was better than I expected. I kind of expected like generic pop music like she had been before. But it was, you know, I thought it was pretty good. It was a lot of um, good instrumentals, like pianos and guitars. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, first listen, you know, pretty good. Uh, but what we did not get was that new Kanye album, which he announced would drop Friday. And of course it did not. And he has not said anything about the album since uh, he tweeted out a couple other things. He tweeted the, the album cover for uh, Donda with child, but he didn't say anything about like where it is, why it didn't drop, etc. So uh <sighs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get it later. I I have no idea. Just give him some time. We'll get it eventually. Yeah, take your time, Kanye. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, as I feel like we say every week, more movies have been pushed back. Um, so I think Tenet was supposed to come out in like a couple days, and it just like originally it was going to come out in a couple of days. They kept moving mm. it. Now it's been moved to end of august internationally at least so everywhere else but the u.s will get it i think like august 26th at least for now and then the u.s will get it september 3rd which is interesting because usually it's like the opposite where we get stuff first and then international places get it but along with that i think disney announced that pretty much everything has been pushed back a year so yeah like spider-man 3 got pushed to next christmas Avatar 2 got pushed back a year and Star Wars got pushed back a year. So like everything's just mm-hmm. getting shifted. We'll see if Black Widow still comes out in November. If not, we're going to have like five Marvel movies next year. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll see. Well, I get, we'll keep you guys updated, but it doesn't look promising. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But um, another movie that just... All right, the date just got announced. So uh, the highly anticipated sequel to... The critically acclaimed Sonic the Hedgehog live-action movie, uh, Sonic 2, has been announced. It will drop in 2022. Uh, it'll come to theaters, supposedly, April 8th. You know, we'll see if it meets the fate of all these other movies and gets pushed back. But I am excited for that. I saw the first one. It was pretty good. Um, so we'll see if that if it sticks to its release date. But yeah, I'm that's exciting. thinking that one probably will, just because it's far enough out. But uh, another big piece of info, the new Bill and Ted movie is going to be on video on demand and in some theaters, I guess, where it's safe to be watching. But that's interesting because that was a big thing that the the studio was like pushing, kind of like big nostalgia boost, and they're just going to have it streaming at home. But I think this is going to be the norm for a bit with some of the smaller movies. Like, I don't think Disney's ever going to bite the bullet and put Black Widow or Mulan on like Disney Plus or anything. Yeah. But small things that are smaller or like 
they can afford, I guess, to put them on demand, they're going to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what continues to be like stuff that you can watch at home. Like, I don't think Tenet's ever going to do that either. <laughs> um, but with yeah, the way it's been going, maybe. And like he, like Will mentioned, uh, Bill and Ted 3 might be coming to some theaters. So there are some movies that, you know, might just want to wait to have a theatrical release. But that reminded me of something that we talked about before. But it's, um, the some theaters have a plan to, like, kind of redo their seating and it would be like each there would be like a pod of maybe like four or five seats. So like if, so like your family who, you know, like quarantine with, and that's your pod, you can get sort of your own section of the theater. So instead of just like rows of seats where everyone's crammed next to each other, it would be more spaced out. Um, but the plan for it looks like the, the Senate seats from the star Wars prequels, which I think is kind of funny. And that would Wait, be is that, cool. is that what that is? I just literally just saw a picture where, it was the Galactic Senate seats. Yeah, so that's like the there was some theater in Europe. I forget it's in where. France, I think. I think in France. They that's their plan for the seating. So it's like there will be a handful of seats in like a little pod. So you and your pod, like the people you've been quarantined with, can go watch the movies and sort of separated from everyone else. But it looks like the Senate seats from Star Wars. Uh, episodes one, two, and three. So you're that saying really funny. it'd be friends in the pod? Mm. And, get it? Yeah. Ah, get it. <laughs> very funny, very funny. Yes, yes. but um, I, I wanted to throw that out there because I thought that was cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so the other day, I did. I saw nothing about this until it popped up on my YouTube, but the cast of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World just did a like zoom call table read similar to the community one mm-hmm. um just of like the full script of the movie and they did it for a charity called water for people which is pretty self-explanatory um of what they do but they got almost the entire cast like chris evans was there um wow. michael Sarah, obviously uh like ari plaza anna kendrick even some of those smaller roles the Three only Washington. people who they didn't really get were the person who plays Wallace and I cannot remember their name. Um, they didn't get Brie Larson and then, Oh man. Yeah. And then the person who plays young Neil, um, but everyone else was there. Even the people with like only a few lines. Um, and I watched a bit of it and it was, it was pretty funny. They were, a lot of them were doing the gags from the movie, like in their little zoom space. Oh, that's Um, funny. And yeah, it was cute. So uh, go give it a watch if you like Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if I'm going to watch the whole thing, but it was definitely what I saw was good. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I like how the uh, uh, the cast of these movies, they can sort of reunite on Zoom. I think doing the the Zoom table reads is sort of like a cool way for the cast to get back together. Like we said, the community one was super cool. Scott Pilgrim doing it. Um, there might be others. I feel like Psych... Um, they had like maybe some sort of Zoom Q and A like before the the second movie dropped. Yeah, I think they did a call, and then like Parks and Rec did the special. Thirty Rock oh, yeah. did basically a Peacock commercial, but said it was mm. a special. Um, mm. It seems like everyone. I know Josh Gad has like a YouTube channel where he gets like he got Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd to like do a call oh, I together. Saw that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's so nice. it's a cool way to get uh, reunited. Mm-hmm. um so big news um oh, yeah. 
there's going to be a new Robert Rodriguez movie on Netflix called We Can Be Heroes. Robert Rodriguez, of course, the acclaimed director of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And Spy Kids. Um, and Spy Kids, you know, two great movies. But something about this movie, uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl will actually return in this movie as parents with a superpowered daughter who I think has both shark and lava powers. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, sounds just about as cheesy as the original movie was. They said it was, quote, like the Avengers, but they all have kids. But um, something uh, to point out that only speaking role is Lava Girl. So I don't know if Taylor Lautner is going to show up um, and not say anything. I don't really know exactly what's going to happen with that. But uh, it'll be exciting to see these uh, fan favorite characters again. Absolutely. I When I was like a kid... I liked Shark Boy and Lava Girl a little too much, I think. Oh. Um, like, I someone got me that movie, and I would watch it, like, nonstop. So even as terrible as it is, but I am excited. I'm definitely going to watch this because I need to see, like, what they do. <laughs> um, mm. And I was saying to, like, our group of friends that if they don't have Shark Boy do the dream song, to like oh, make yeah. their daughter go to sleep, then it's the movie has failed. <laughs> we'll see about that, but uh, that's I will be looking forward to it, and I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, now we can get into our, our main topic, which, as we mentioned before, is Harry Potter. You know, the massive franchise that it is, and we've talked about it a couple times. I think we talked about uh, the score one time, maybe. We talked about J.K. Rowling a couple times because she pops into the news ever so often. But I want to start this off. Uh, Jimmy and Liam, you know, you were like, you guys are like, oh, we want to do a Harry Potter episode. Uh, and you said you both started reading, rereading the whole series um, without knowing the other did. So you did it separately. What um, inspired you to reread it again? Um, we'll go on in time. So, Jimmy, we'll start with you. Uh, what made you want to reread the whole series? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. So I actually initially rewatched the movies uh during quarantine. Uh mm-hmm. one of my friends was rewatching the movies, so I decided I was gonna rewatch the movies and I uh I'm rewatching the movies and I was just like, you know what, like this isn't it's not as good as the books, you know? So you know, I figured we'd have a lot of time on our hands, so I just started then reading uh, book one, and then uh, uh, initially for book two, um, uh, we were doing audiobooks, so initially for book two, I was just going to look it up online, but uh, then Liam and I figured out that we were both reading together uh, without even knowing it, so from then on, uh, we kind of joined forces and gave each other the audiobooks when we needed them, uh, kept each other on track. Uh, turned out really, really good. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Too bad this episode is not sponsored by Audible. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you know, if, if, hey, if any companies are listening and they want to sponsor us, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Put that out there. But, uh, and uh, Liam, so what? Uh, why did you start rereading them? Um, so I've always been a pretty big fan of Harry Potter, but, um, it was, uh, right near the end of school, right when coronavirus was kicking in that I, um, that I read the first, 
the first book and a half. And it was just kind of out of boredom. I didn't have anything to do. Um, I usually just put the audiobook on before I go to sleep. So it's a, it's kind of like a, a sleeping habit, kind of like a ritual that it's turned into. Mm-hmm. But then I heard that uh, Jimmy was rereading the books. And uh, originally, I was only going to read the first two or three because um, I was interested in them. But I had d- just done a reread probably about two years ago. So a lot of the stuff I had remembered. But uh, once Jimmy said that he was reading them through, I uh, decided to get dedicated to it. And it, it was a good experience. I, I really enjoyed uh, reliving some of the some of the books. But yeah, it was it was just kind of out of passion. Yeah, I have cool. I have a question, I guess, for everybody. Like, when did you guys get into Harry Potter? Because I know, like, I got into it when my sister got into it. She's a few years older, so like she'd read them, and then we'd watch the movies as a family. And then I liked the movies, so I decided in like third grade or something to start reading the books. But yeah, like when what was your your journey with Harry? Um, so I'll go first. So um, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, I remember when I was really young. Uh, I remember seeing a movie with. Uh, I was downstairs and uh, my grandma had a movie on with a flying car and uh, we, we know that now to be a chamber of secrets, but uh, I didn't really start getting into Harry Potter until um, I want to say probably when I was, you know, I don't know, probably like around 10, uh, I went to camp and uh there was this cute girl at camp, and she liked Harry Potter. So, oh. so I got into Harry Potter a bit, and uh, you know, I, I don't talk to the cute girl anymore. But Harry Potter is still a part of my life. It would have been better if you said like, "Now you're married" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh well. But uh, what about you, Liam? When did you first experience the old HP? Um, it was kind of similar for me. Um, I saw. Um, for me, it was my grandmother as well, watching the movies, because uh, she's always been a pretty active reader, and um, she definitely inspired me to do a lot of the reading that I did in like elementary school, middle school. Um, so after I'd seen her, um, you know, watching the movies, and she also had the audiobooks, but at that at that point, they were uh, they were cassette tapes that she would uh, rent from the library. So that was probably. 2009 2010 I was probably in like third third fourth grade around then and uh yeah that, that's kind of when I got into them and it it's only uh expanded since then I've gone to Universal to see uh you know Harry Potter land it's it's pretty nice yeah. but yeah very cool it's kind of funny how for both of you it kind of started with your grandma and then you know later on now you're both reading them at the same time without even knowing so it's kind of Dare I say, magical. <laughs> nice one, James. <laughs> what about you, Christian? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I will say I'm not, like, as big into Harry Potter as, you know, Jimmy and Liam. But um, I think, you know, I was probably very young. Uh, my mom and my sister were both really big fans of the series. And they had kept up. They were, like, keeping up with it, like, keeping up with new releases um and as you may know you know i'm more of a movie guy so you know i watched the movies and i really liked them i think i read the first two books just because like oh the harry potter is cool 
but I have not read the um the other ones and but I've seen all the movies and I know mm-hmm. the books and movies have some differences which we can get into but uh when Jimmy and Liam started reading uh, rereading them they uh asked me if I wanted to join their little book club and I listened to like a couple maybe like five six chapters of the first book and I don't know, I just kind of got bored because I don't really like reading. But, uh, you know, I am can't say I'm the biggest fan of the series, but, like, I still do enjoy it. I think the, the world is really cool. Um, yeah, but Harry Potter is quite cool. Yeah. Um, another quick thing, I guess. Do you guys know what your house is or your Patronus? I don't know. I never looked that up. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, so, so yeah, we did uh, do like the quiz uh, thing um, on uh, Pottermore or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I, I know like Pottermore got taken down or something like that, so I don't know what it is now. I think I think it like got converted into like an app, and then they like renamed it or something like it that. It might just be like Wizarding World or something. Yeah, yeah, the the Wizarding World thing. Yeah, but uh, I took it, and I'm a Ravenclaw apparently. Uh, which I'm fine with. Ravenclaw is a pretty good house. Uh, um, you know, they don't have the best of people, but they also don't have the worst of people. Like sometimes <laughs> you get your Gilderoy Lockhart's, but then you get your uh, Professor Flitwick's too, you know, so the, the good and the people. bad. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, uh, what's it called? Books and cleverness, you know, there are more important things as Hermione Granger once said. And Cho Chang too. Isn't she a great? No, she's a great. Wait. No, Cho Chang's a Ravenclaw. Okay, I was right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took the test twice because no one believed me, but I apparently am a Gryffindor, but anytime someone talks to me, they assume that I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. Um, which, at this point, I've just kind of accepted that I'm uh, both, I guess, but... I don't know. J.K. Rowling like says I'm a, J.K. Rowling says I'm a Gryffindor. The world says I'm a Hufflepuff, and I don't know what. To <laughs> but okay. my my Patronus is a Basset Hound, which I also don't know how to feel about. But I, I think uh, I think mine was like a dolphin at one point. I don't know. It's that's just completely random. Like, yeah, that one you just click two buttons and it tells you. But. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. It, it, there is some amount of it that's random. Um, it just depends how you answer the questions. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like you get to the, you get to the end of it, and it's uh, sometimes it's just dependent on like what one answer you picked. Do you know what house uh, you are? Yeah, in? I took a test, and I was a uh, I'm a Gryffindor, but I forget what my Patronus is. I, I took it like last week, and I already forget. It was, it was something like unremarkable. I think it was a type of bird. I think. Uh... Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think we should just try to take a guess at what house Christian would be in. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't really know what qualities are of each house. I mean, I like my basic knowledge is like Gryffindor is good. Slytherin's not good. Pretty much well, right. that's not that's not entirely true. All right. Well, you know, but um, it's more Gryffindor. Slughorn. Yeah, Griffin, a... Gryffindor more is bravery towards others. Uh, Slytherin is more bravery towards oneself. Yeah, ambition, ambition. What's, yeah. What's Hufflepuff is that like helping? Hufflepuff you? is Hufflepuff is more. Uh, they take everyone. They don't discriminate. So we can put Christian there. 
Okay. Just because they don't not take anyone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> and then Ravenclaws are just reading books. That's uh, Raven, not me. Ravenclaws are, are the, uh, the, the, you know, wit without measure is man's greatest treasure. That's Ravenclaws saying. All right, well, if it's books, that's not me, definitely. Um, okay, Hufflepuff, sure. I don't know. I like yellow. I like the color All right. yellow. The badgers. All right, it's decided, I guess. Um, yeah, but uh, something I mentioned earlier, um, when I was talking about, like, I had seen all the movies, but there are, you know, the books and the books and movies have a lot of differences. So, Jimmy, you also said that, um, you watch the movies, but you're like, oh, the books are just better. Like, what makes the books better? Um, well, for, for one thing, you know, it's canon, the books. Um, so that makes it a lot better rather than, uh, the, the movies are uh, not technically canon. They're just canon based. Um, so like there's, yeah, there's differences that take place, uh, in the movies that, um, they aren't, you know, they're not official. Like, uh, a big difference in like Goblet of Fire is, um, at the very end, the, the maze that they go through is basically alive, uh, in Goblet of Fire in the movie, but in the book, uh, the maze that they go through, they have to face different uh, magical beasts, uh, which is oh, yeah. honestly uh, cooler in my opinion. Harry even had to uh, uh, figure out a, a Sphinx's riddle uh, to get past to go to the cup. And maybe the biggest difference between the movies and the books is the famous... Um, Dumbledore asked calmly, yeah. Harry, did you put your name yeah. in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Where Rather in the book, than screaming. In the book, he... Uh, he no, in the asks, book, he... Yeah. He calmly asks Harry if he put his name in the Goblet of Fire, and in the movie, Dumbledore screams at him. Um, he nearly chokes him out yeah. in the movie. That scene is so tense. That scene is so tense in the movie. Yeah. But in, like, it really shouldn't be, because in the book, it's just like... Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? But then the movie's like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He likes his name. <laughs> the way he says it, too. <laughs> it's like a like a disappointing like teacher. Oh, Harry, tell me you didn't put your name in that goblet. But, you, you know... Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the whole... It's a uh, really big deal. Yeah, the, the big thing that I can remember that's like different, because I haven't read the books in a long time, but I might actually start now, because... I, there's probably a lot that I'm forgetting, but yeah. the big thing that I remember being a difference was there was another ghost who was like a prankster. Peeves, uh, Peeves the poltergeist. That and that Hermione was like a house elf activist for a while in the book. Yeah, yeah. She she, uh, she found it spew. Uh, I forget what it stands for. It's something for elfish welfare or something like that. Yeah, but, but uh, is there any big thing like there's no like character deaths like in the book where like that changes or any, I mean like, major events? I mean, the, like I'm not sure entirely. Like I'd have to look. Uh, like I feel like Google would probably be the best answer for that. But there is like you know for one thing they didn't show Peeves. Another is they didn't include Charlie Weasley uh, at all. They didn't show Bill. Uh, until the seventh movie uh these like 
these were reoccurring characters in the books that weren't even shown until the very end, uh, and Charlie wasn't shown at all. Interesting. So uh, another question I have uh, in terms of difference between the books and movies, are there any like major character differences? Like, like you said, like there are some major characters that don't appear until towards the end in the movies, but like the characters that are like the main characters that are already there, that they're like always there. Are there any like character traits that are different, like between the books and the movies? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, I don't know. Liam, you want to take some of this or? Oh yeah, you could start it though. I know, All right. I know yeah. You, um, you know a lot about this. Okay, yeah, um, well, I, uh, I, I think, uh, like, first, like, we could look at the big, the, the trio, right, from the start, um, you know, Harry, uh, I don't know, in the books, I, I kind of feel like he's more whiny, um, like, Hermione, uh, Hermione's perfect, so we don't have to knock her in any way, okay. um, and then Ron, uh, in the book, in the movie, he, he's used more as comic relief, but that's just not entirely true in the books, uh, in the books, I feel like he's more helpful in certain situations, you could see him being a true friend, uh, but he's not, you know, this, this, uh, chubby guy that's always eating, even though he's not that chubby in the movies, but He's just always stuffing his face in the movies. And, uh, I mean, also, you know, with uh, Seamus uh, always blowing stuff up, that doesn't happen in the books either. Is, like, Neville the same? I feel like... Um, Yeah, in the movies, uh, they actually made Neville a bit more helpful, uh, even though that's not entirely true. Hold on. Yeah, I know there were a few scenes I could take over for that. I know there are a few scenes um, in the movies that they uh, they do make Neville a little more helpful. There's a scene in uh, book four where um, Dobby the house elf uh, in the books uh, assists Harry during his uh, during the Goblet of Fire during one of the trials, and then in the Doesn't movies they the uh, they switch over that part. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they switch over. Um, they switch that to uh, Neville. And yeah. Then, uh, another thing they um, in the books, um, Neville actually fails one of his uh, one of his exams and he's not able to take potions for the next year. And then yeah. in the movies, they kind of retcon that and uh, allowed him to continue going in potions class. Yeah, and there was a there was a lot more characters too in that potions class that shouldn't have been there uh this is when harry finds the uh the half-blood prince's uh textbook and this is where the book the half-blood prince you know really comes from uh there were originally 12 people in that potions class but the movies decided to add a few more and then also uh touching back on the uh the book four uh movie four thing um in the book uh the difference is uh Dobby actually wakes Harry up about like 15 minutes before the second task is supposed to begin and gives him gillyweed. But uh, instead in the, in the movie, it's Neville that gives him the gillyweed. But in, in the book, you know, it, it was uh, remarked uh, that Harry Potter uh, wouldn't even turn to Neville Longbottom for help. That was said, (laughs) that was, uh, that was said by, uh, the 
Mad-Eye Moody, who was actually Barty Crouch Jr., he, he made that remark saying that, uh, oh, uh, like, saying something along the lines of uh, Neville is like, you, you probably think Neville's beneath you because you wouldn't go for him for help or something like that. Um, I guess, so, would you either of you say which movie is, like, either the least faithful to the books or, like, the worst when it comes to, like, an adaptation? Because I always thought, like, the general consensus was that Six was the worst, but I don't know what you guys think. Um, like, to be honest, I feel like, I feel like it's, like, tough to just keep tallies as... To what's right and what's wrong i guess that's true yeah um i i could see six being uh a lot like very unfaithful but it's still done pretty well uh so you, even even when it when it starts to be unfaithful it's still uh adapted pretty well i don't know if uh if you think differently liam but that's yeah um especially in six there are a lot of scenes that when you change the like the the medium of the entertainment you know you're going from a book to to um to a movie there's like a lot of things that are just unfeasible when you're when you actually need to like spend money on hiring and special effects and stuff like that so i think a lot of the things that they did to alter it didn't really alter the story but they kind of you know saved money in production especially with six i know there's a scene that um when when uh harry and um dumbledore are going to um they're, they're swimming in a lake obviously oh, like, boy. uh they're swimming in a lake and it says that dumbledore was swimming like a man much younger than his age and obviously the actor <laughs> would not be able to just <laughs> jump in the lake and uh go for a swim because uh, he was pretty old. That's funny. Um, so I see on here we we have some about Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, so yeah, I guess as the movies like went on, they definitely would change style, even like get darker as the like audience grew. But what is it about Prisoner Az- Prisoner of Azkaban that like changed everything? By the way, Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite Harry Potter movie. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same boat with uh, Prisoner of Azkaban being my favorite. I really enjoyed it. Um, you could see uh, with books, I mean, with movies one and two, the director didn't make a lot of changes. Um, a lot of like the same, um, the same type of thing goes on between the books and the movies. It was really faithful, which is good. Um, but there wasn't like a lot of room for um, creativity. And then uh, they uh, hired a new director um, for movie three, and he came on and changed a lot of stuff. He definitely uh, made the tone a little darker. I believe that was the first movie that it went to PG-13. I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jimmy might know that. But um, yeah, the tone definitely gets a little darker. Yeah, I can um, tell, like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, actually... Um... Prisoner of Azkaban is still PG, but Goblet okay. of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, and Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 are PG-13. I see. Yeah. But uh, I can see, like, the transition from, like, the first two to the third. I think the third's definitely a lot darker. Like, if I watch the uh, the first two, I think that, um, you know, it's a lot more cheery and fun, kind of lighthearted, like, 
ooh, fun little magic. But then in uh, episode or episode three, three. Um, <laughs> in, uh, the, in Prisoner of Azkaban, then it's like all serious and grim, like, oh, a serious black is a serious criminal who broke out of prison, you know. And uh, I think that was also when they replaced the Dumbledore actor, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah. The, yeah. the original actor died, yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, well, he I did do, pass away. But, I do um, like the new Dumbledore. A lot. Yeah, the new Dumbledore, cinematically, I would say, is very good. But yes. to be honest, I believe that the original actor for Dumbledore uh, would have done a little more faithful um, like reenactment. But that that isn't to say that either of them weren't a, a, like a better actor than the, the other one. It's just um, that I think the new Dumbledore did a little better on screen, like on screen presence. Uh, he was a little harsher, obviously, that, that scene in The Goblet of Fire where he screams at Harry. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think the, the original Dumbledore was definitely a little softer in tone, which might have been more in line with um, his book counterpart. Yeah, I, that's another thing that the, the casting in these movies, I feel like, is as perfect as you can get. Like, reading the books, I was like, yes, this fits exactly, like... There's a lot of book movies um, that just the casting does not work. Like, I guess the closest comparison is like Percy Jackson. You know, that movie is just its own mess, but where like the ages are completely off. The characters are act or looked nothing like they're you'd think they would. But in this, like all the child actors are really good and they like, you can read the book and imagine all these castings like, Snape is, I think, 100% perfect. Dumbledore, both of them are really good. Um, I think like, all those little side characters, like, just have so much going on that the casting, like, I th- works perfectly. Yeah, I think they did a really good job casting. And like you said, the, the child actors are really good. I think, like, the main trio, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, I think they are casted very well. Although, as we know from jk rowling's uh updates to the series hermione's black so i don't know if this is completely accurate to the book um but you know i think emma watson does a pretty good job you know maybe could have gotten someone a little prettier would you agree jimmy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i um yeah jimmy jimmy does jimmy does have a an opinion on the um the the after um comments by jk rowling uh, if you if you want to get into that, Jimmy. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's just I read something where it's like it's okay that she made uh, the books predominantly white, but it's um, like people like were saying that it's weird to try to like try to make people make people feel better by saying oh by the way. Hermione was black all along when in actuality she's described in the books as white-faced uh, a number of times uh, mm-hmm. but um I, I don't know like when it comes down to it you know it is just a book um it's not that big of a deal um but you know uh JK Rowling was trying to appeal to a broader horizon but she didn't do it in the right way yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just, I was just gonna say she also like tried to appeal to the people who uh, think 
pooping on the floor is okay because <laughs> apparently <laughs> that's what the wizards did even yeah. though hogwarts has like hundreds of bathrooms um yeah. that were built like ancient built into the castle anyway right. apparently not no i think that's a that could be a whole nother discussion all of uh jk rowling's little updates that are aren't you know completely necessary like the, mm-hmm. the pooping on the floor comment or um uh, there's the the whole Dumbledore is gay thing. I don't know. Like I, I, I think that does it. have some background to it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that does make sense. I mean, just from what I've heard. And I don't didn't know. didn't they actually kind of expand on it in like the new Fantastic Beasts? Like they, it's not just yeah. them saying it. Like there's some evidence now, which there's make- um yeah, there's like a blood pact uh, apparently that Dumbledore and Grindelwald made with each other. Um, but I think just seeing the movies and seeing uh reading the books um if we are agreeing that Dumbledore is gay uh I don't think that necessarily means I don't know if you said this but I don't think it necessarily means that Grindelwald is gay I think he's a very manipulative manipulative person and he could have uh taken advantage of Dumbledore for that uh, and showed him some sort of affection and people sometimes do anything for affection and Dumbledore could have granted him some some sort of safety uh, because of the affection he was shown, especially after just losing his mother. And then uh, the downfall was when he lost his sister, uh, the downfall between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. And like that are things that make the comments like that make sense. And like besides just saying that this person is this, if it doesn't do anything... If it, I guess, story. you know, if it doesn't change the story, if you're just making it so you have more representation without like earning it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um. So, Jimmy, you started talking a little bit about Grindelwald and touching a little bit on Fantastic Beasts. Um. So I kind of want to transition to that a little bit. So Fantastic Beasts. And where to find them? You know, that's uh, we call it a prequel or a spinoff, whatever. It's a new movie in the universe, and you know, it's had some its fair share of controversy, or um, you know, whether it be Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, some people didn't like that, or some people just really hated the second movie. So now their other sequels are kind of up in the air. So. What is like? What's your opinion of the Fantastic Beast? You said I think you said you just rewatched it, right? Yeah, yeah, I just rewatched uh, the first one uh, this morning actually because I'm trying to fix my sleep schedule. So I woke up at like five a.m. Uh, so I had plenty of time on my hands. So I rewatched the first one, and um, I find it pretty interesting. But that's because um, I tend to find things like that more interesting when you divulge into a. Uh, like it's it's basically like um animal planet uh meets harry potter you know but it's uh mm-hmm. it's its own thing in its own you know but they're the animals uh they're pretty cool or the beast as they would call them um but i don't know i think fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could say uh you know the movie itself uh it's it's tough uh, because it's it's dealing with its own new things, you know. It's based in America. It it's dealing with obscurials, which uh, they're um, they're they're hinted at in in the books, but 
uh, people believe that uh, Dumbledore's sister was an Obscurial, but uh, it's not it's not too informative uh, based on what exactly that is. So the movies are trying to demonstrate that, but uh, we'll see we'll see where where it takes it. Mm-hmm. But like what? So what is an Obscurial? Like I don't. I don't so, really know too much about the Fantastic yeah. Beasts. So, so basically, um, basically, if you, uh, if you're magical or what, you know, whatever the term is, um, you know, you find out at, at a certain age, but you portray magical qualities beforehand. Um, so basically, if people try to suppress those magical qualities and you decide to suppress them yourself, uh, then the force might like the magical force uh will turn into like a parasite uh and then it explodes outward rather than uh being expressed outward through your feelings it's you know basically it's symbol symbolic to keeping your feelings bottled up and then one day you're just gonna explode uh at the wrong person like if you're if like a if you're like 40 years old and a 16 year old cashier messes up your order and you just explode <laughs> uh, your feelings on them, you know. Um, most of them die before the age of 10. Um, I feel like I feel like there's another point I wanted to make on it, but I can't really remember. So, so that's it was about that's what Dumbledore's sister because you said there's like some people think that Dumbledore's sister might have been an obscurial. Yeah, uh, there is evidence uh, to support it uh, based on how she's described in the books. Actually, I was going to say, um, people might be like, oh, why wasn't Harry Potter an Obscurial? Because, you know, the Dursleys were so rude to him. Uh, I think it's because he never really tried to stop doing uh, the magic. He always took the punishment afterward, but uh, we even see uh, right in the second chapter, he made... He made the glass disappear, causing uh, Dudley to fall into the snake pit uh, in the zoo. But he never really tried to shut it down. Um, He tried to keep his emotions down a bit, but he would always let them uh, get flared up uh, if he got too worked up. So I think that extra push is what kept him from being an obscure interesting yeah it always it always seemed like harry was just kind of clueless about not like like he didn't really know what was going on yeah uh, but that just reminded me of one of my favorite parts in one of the books where the uh it's like lupin and someone tell harry that he needs to like he's uh, like he needs to switch up his magic game because he just uses the same spell on everybody i don't know why that made me think of that but just because, like, throughout the books and the movies, Harry's always kind of the, like, they always say that he's amazing at magic, but he's really just, like, very lucky. And, um... He's, like, uh, very good at the few spells he knows. And yeah, they're, they're, like, you can, you, they're, they're like, you can't just use Expelliarmus against Voldemort. Like, you need to you need to learn some, some yeah, powerful that, stuff. I think, I think that was in the seventh book, because, um, what happened was Dan Shunpike, the... Uh, I forget his role, but he worked on the night bus. Uh, he was the, like, the driver or something. No, no like not the... the driver. He was like the ticket guy or something yeah. like that. Uh, he was with the Death Eaters, and 
his hood fell off and Harry saw him and Harry didn't want, because uh, might I add, there are thousands of feet up in the sky on brooms and everything. Harry didn't want to knock him off his broom. So he just wanted to disarm him. But the Death Eaters knew that Harry uh, constantly uses uh, Expelliarmus. So that's why Lupin said uh, he needs to stop being so predictable. Uh, that happened after, uh, after because, you know, he tried to expel the armies and then Voldemort is like, well, that's Harry and tried to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to, another transition. So you talked about uh, briefly, uh, Dumbledore's sister might be in Obscurial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to translate. You said there's some evidence to support that, but you know, it's not confirmed. So I kind of want to use that as a transition to, some theories that have been made about uh harry potter i know we've uh jimmy you and i have talked about it a little bit but are there any and i know we have a couple here uh uh-huh. so is there anything uh particular that you want to discuss and yeah more, um, more likely so let's see so i i listed um those last five which i could read through quickly uh let's see hold on I I do want to, um, I do want to give Liam this first theory if he wants to take it, uh, with the Dementors, and then I could uh, give a brief overview on the next five because those are more of like a rapid fire type thing, uh, sure. that aren't they're not as big of a deal uh, that I could just read off quickly that I looked into a bit. Yeah, I got you. Um, so one of the popular theories about, um, the Dementors actually is that, um, so one of the Dementors, um, I wouldn't call it a power, but one of its, uh, like killing moves, a killing blow that it uses against, uh, humans is to suck their soul out of their mouth. It's called the Dementors kiss. Um, you could see it in, uh, book three is the first time we see it, I believe, um, it was going to be used on um, Sirius Black. So um, there's a theory that uh, the Dementors are so obsessed with giving uh, Harry the um, Dementors kiss because he has a part of Voldemort inside him. Uh, Some people consider it to be like a part of his soul since uh, Voldemort does split his soul into seven parts uh, and one of them is inside of Harry. So the uh, people are saying that um, the Dementors are so attracted to Harry because he might have more than one soul inside of him. So it'd be like a, a double kill if um, if the Dementors were able to suck the soul out of Harry. They'd get Voldemort's as well. Huh. Yeah, I never. I didn't even think of that. I wonder. If, I'm wondering if there's like any other parts of the series where there's like hints or. Like other things that are like I'm like is his wand similar to Voldemort's at all? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a the the dual core, um, I forget what type it is. You remember Jimmy? the uh, Phoenix Feather, uh, yeah. the twin core, yeah. So there's one part of this. Uh, there's there's two Phoenix Feathers, which are the cores of two different wands, and one of them is Voldemort's. And then uh, later in in book one, years after Voldemort has got his wand, Ollivander 
uh, is testing Harry's wands with him, like trying to find the one for him. And then uh, Ollivander says, you know, interesting. There's only one other person that has the, the twin of this wand in it. It happens to be Voldemort's wand. And that does play a part later in the story, especially in book seven, uh, where there's a lot of uh, wand theory crafting going on about, um, mm-hmm. you know, what what the power, what the what the difference between the two wands is and like how they can uh like how they interact with each other when they're they're around each other doing magic it's also pretty important in book four too because that's the reason uh harry was able to escape the graveyard with uh priori incantatum uh when uh the uh the wands connected because they're actually they're two phoenix feathers from the same phoenix uh which happens to be Dumbledore's Phoenix Fox. So that's pretty convenient. But uh, um, the the two wands connect and it starts spitting out the past spells that uh, Voldemort had had done. So Harry got to see like uh, an imprint of his parents and Cedric and they helped him escape in the graveyard. Um, But that's that part is canon. That's not like the uh, the two souls with the Dementors, but um, that's that's pretty uh, pretty well known. I feel like in the Harry Potter universe, that because Harry has two souls inside of him, that might be why he's more susceptible. But I could uh, I could jump in to a couple more of these theories uh, real quick if you guys don't mind. Sure, sure. go right ahead. So yeah, so I'll just touch upon them briefly. Um, there's one that uh, I didn't mention um, with the uh, Voldemort uh, soul inside of Harry. Uh, there's a theory that uh, the Dursleys are actually not bad people, but they're just affected uh, because of how bad Harry, like Harry and Ron and Hermione get affected by the Horcrux they have. It's kind of the same thing, just put on the Dursleys. I don't think this oh. one's true, though, because... Um, in the very first instance of the book, you know, uh, Vernon Dursley was always like, what are these weirdos wearing right now? That was before uh, Harry had Voldemort's soul inside of him. And then um, Lily uh, and Petunia Evans didn't really get along in childhood when Lily was uh, shown to be a witch and Petunia wasn't. And she, you know, called her a freak and stuff like that. They didn't. So I think that series, uh, that theory is kind of debunked uh, yeah, based on the fact that they were, yeah, they were already mean, bad yeah. people. It could have been amplified a bit more, but they already were prejudiced uh, against wizards. But besides that, I do have a couple more theories to go over. Um, one of them is uh, who uh, there there were uh, there was a battle of the seven potters. Uh, when Harry was try- trying to leave Privet Drive for the last time in, oh, in the yeah. Deathly Hallows. So there were about 30 Death Eaters there waiting for them. Uh, and we know this because Snape, being the double agent, he told Voldemort uh, what day they were actually leaving, but then he got Mendungus to propose the Seven Potters. Uh, so people they used a uh, polyjuice potion to turn into seven different Harry Potters, one of which was the real Harry Potter. Uh, so that that's uh, something along the lines of Snape 
working for both teams, but you know, he wanted one team to win. He just needed to play his role in the other. But uh, there's a theory that Snape is actually the one who killed Hedwig because, um, you know, all the Death Eaters would have been briefed as to signs of which, um, as not to which Harry would be the real Harry, but um, what Harry might do. Uh, they knew that he uh, always had Hedwig. They knew that he used Expelliarmus. So Snape was the only one knowing that he had to look out for the real Harry. So he found the real Harry and killed off Hedwig because he needed Hedwig out of the picture so no one else could recognize oh. Harry with Hed- Hedwig. And uh, Hedwig eventually, uh, after being killed, was the, the cage dropped uh, from the sky. And uh, that, you know, that made Harry indiscernible with the other Harrys until he used Expelliarmus. So that's, that's one of the classic theories. Harry. Yeah. Classic Harry. Um, another theory is that Dumbledore was, uh, pulling the strings behind, uh, behind a lot of the, uh, the action. Um, this one, uh, I won't dive into too much, but if you want to, uh, if you want to learn more about it, I'll shout out uh, a good YouTube uh, channel. It's called Super Carlin Brothers. Uh, they are oh, not yeah. sponsoring us, but uh, I will shout them out as well if you want to dive into that. So uh, next up, I have uh, another theory about uh, Neville Longbottom. So he was always kind of clumsy, kind of, kind of like a dutz in, in the first few books um, until in book five when his wand was broken and he had a new wand and he, uh, he started to improve. He improved a bit in book five, but he had greater improvement in book six and book seven. And this might be because his grandmother had him using uh, his father's wand rather than buying a wand of his own because she wanted him to be like his father rather than being uh, who he really was inside. So once he got a new wand, he was able to blossom uh, in the stuff that he was strong at, and he uh, he ends up being the uh, the uh, herbology teacher in uh, in the epilogue. So Neville's the real hero of the yeah. series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, another quick one is uh, Crookshanks the cat. Uh, people speculate that she might have belonged to the Potters uh, because. Uh, in book seven, there was a note found saying that Harry was riding uh, a toy broom when he was about uh, a few months old to one years old, and he almost killed the cat. Uh, and then flashback to book three, when Hermione gets the cat, uh, they were said that the cat was there for ages. So it's a very old cat, and it could have possibly been the Potter's cat, uh, which uh, also people think that's why the cat recognized Peter Pettigrew as a fake rat rather than a real rat, and same with Sirius Black as a fake dog rather than a real dog. But huh. interesting. Um, and then lastly, uh, the, this one I'm not too much of a fan on, but there's uh, speculation on Dumbledore's true identity. Uh, there's two different ones. One of them is better than the other. Uh, some people speculate Dumbledore to be death or like. Um, the incantation of death, or uh, however you want to speak it, um, which is because of his role in the Deathly Hallows. Uh, 
and you know Voldemort got the Elder Wand. Uh, Snape was uh, destined to die uh, on Dumbledore's uh, orders because Snape was supposed to be the master of the Elder Wand. It's a whole big theory. It kind of works, kind of doesn't, but uh, then there's another one that Ron is actually a time-traveling Dumbledore just because it's mentioned that they have similar hair and similar movies. Oh my god. What? Yeah, so that one I don't put too much stock that into. sounds kind of dumb. Knowing J.K. Rowling, that's the one that's right. <laughs> yeah. She'll come out and say that. Ron's and, uh, actually Dumbledore. Yeah, and it's, it's saying... Uh, it's saying that's why Dumbledore always knows what Harry's up to, but it does put a bit of a damper into the theory because, you know, Ron marries Hermione and Dumbledore's gay, so I don't know. Uh-huh. Which but, one is uh, it, JK? Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. one was a fan theory and one's JK Rowling saying that Dumbledore's gay, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. All right, so we are... Uh running out of time, but I just want to finish up on one more thing. So uh, Jimmy Liam, uh, Harry Potter has had, you know, quite a bit of history. It's a big pop culture icon. Uh, we got the Fantastic Beast movies, maybe more coming along the way, but uh, what do you think, what do you see in the future of the Harry Potter franchise? And what would Here, you I like up on TV? this? But, um, I believe there's going to be more. I mean, I just can't see a multi-million dollar franchise like this just dissolving. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there were a few years between uh, the original Harry Potter uh, movies and then uh, Fantastic Beasts. But I have a feeling that Fantastic Beasts is going to kind of fizzle out. I can't see it making too much of a difference unless there's a drastic change in the narrative. Um, I honestly can't really see it um, getting the critical acclaim and fame that the original Harry Potter series had. But I could definitely see uh, J.K. Rowling uh, writing more content inside the same universe. I mean, she's already written, you know, it's coming up on like 10 books, even though not all of them are, you know, uh, super long. But I could definitely see her putting more putting more effort into the into the universe and it'll definitely do well i mean the cursed child might not have been the best um book for for a lot of readers but it definitely sold and because of that i could definitely see her um writing some more in the harry potter universe interesting what do you think jimmy um, yeah, I think uh, I think really the big thing people want now is uh, stories about the Marauders, you know, James, Sirius, Lupin, and Pettigrew. Uh, but, you know, J.K. Rowling has stated that she hates prequels, so uh, I wouldn't count on it too much. But if she wants to make money, that's where she could do it. If she uh, releases a book or a movie based on them. Uh, and then... I don't know. I feel like the cursed child. It it was, you know, it, it was it was interesting, but you know, definitely, it was most likely not canon uh, because it it wasn't even you know really written by her. She just kind of inputted ideas and tagged her name along to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says it's canon to try to get more copies sold, but it's not really canon to be honest. Um. Yeah. 
I'll say that I think the future of Harry Potter is outside of the books and movies because um, you have like, I mean, Cursed Child on, it, it's Cursed Child that's on Broadway, right? Or Yeah. I think. So like that has been doing really well, I think. Like a lot of people, it won like best play or something. I forget exactly the Tonys, but it's won awards. Like people are, have been going to see it and the theme park stuff has just been growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Like the original wizarding world of harry potter universe so that like changed the game for how people would like how the company started making stuff like that's what led to disney making star wars galaxy's edge and pandora and all of that which have been huge hits um they even just universal just opened a new hagrid ride last year and it got like 10 hour waits on the first day um and i think their plan is to either make a fantastic beasts land or a ministry of magic land in their new park that they're building. So like that has not slowed down at all and people are still eating it up. So I think we're probably going to move away from the movies unless they start to me like take things from the lore, like you're saying, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like the fantastic beast movies haven't been doing well, but I feel like everything else outside of it has been. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is. I think um, at the end of the day, you know, J.K. Rowling, she's she's made her money. She can live comfortably. She doesn't really need to do anything else. But uh, as the fans, we want her to. Uh, so it's really it comes down to whether or not she'll uh, help us out with something we actually want, rather than giving us, you know, the cursed child, which was about you know Albus and Scorpio, which. We didn't ask for a book about Albus Potter and Scorpio yeah. Malfoy, but we got one, you know. His name's Scorpio? Yeah, something like that, or Scorpius, or something. Great job, JK. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something else. With but, you know. This, uh... Sorry. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, with how this like upcoming Percy Jackson series comes out, maybe people will switch over to Rick Riordan with who's written like 10 different series that have all been amazing and like yeah. actually cares about the, <laughs> his world building. Yeah. No, that's true. I I've heard he constantly uh, bashes the movie because it just doesn't appease to how he wanted uh, his vision, you know, recreated. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, before we run out of time, I think uh, maybe we could talk some favorite characters here uh, if we sure. have time for it. So, um, you know, as if you listen to uh, the podcast where I was in previously, you know, I, I like to uh, make lists, uh, you know, top five, top ten, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yep. uh, let me just, you know, read off a top five list from the back of my head. Uh, if I had to pick top five characters, I think, uh, you know, uh, no order. There would be Hermione Granger, Sirius Black. <laughs> Uh, Remus Lupin uh, might throw in Albus Dumbledore in there uh, might even throw in uh, Severus Snape you know he's a pretty eventful character too uh, but those you know that's a solid top five uh, I think it's funny because a lot of people's top five characters uh, they don't include Harry Potter because <laughs> you know it's uh you really get to see how Harry perceives these other characters. You don't get to see how Harry perceives himself that much. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you tend to hate Umbridge and Malfoy and characters like that, but you tend to like 
uh, Hermione Granger and Albus Dumbledore, you know, because that's Harry thinks so highly of them. But I threw in Snape there because even though uh, he's hated by the group for so long, uh, he like being revealed as you know one of the greatest double agents of all time. Uh, that's pretty important in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Liam, who would you say your favorite characters are? Um, I think m- one of my favorite characters is definitely Snape. I can agree with I can agree with Jimmy. Um, his redemption arc was done really well, and I know that for first time readers, it'll definitely be um a surprise i don't want to go into it too too deep but um severed snape is definitely a great character uh and the way that jk rowling built him um especially you know like starting off from a, a character that you really dislike a character that could be a main villain um and then having that type of redemption arc is is something that she did really well um you know i also like harry um, you know, growing growing up from being a little angsty in, you know, five and uh, book four as well, and then um, we see him in the Cursed Child as an adult. It's a, mm. it's a, it's definitely some good development. I also like Sirius. You know, um, James's uh, childhood best friend. Um, I think uh, seeing him come out of jail for you know twelve, thirteen years. And um, it, it, he gets some good development as well, but we can definitely tell that uh, that time in Azkaban has definitely done like a number on him. We can see that he might not be as mature as someone his age because he was locked up. Uh, I think he was like 20 or 21 when he got, you know, put in Azkaban. He did but, his uh, way yeah, in I'd say, I'd 12 years of my, it. Uh, yeah, I'd say those <laughs> yeah. are my uh, top three. Yeah, he actually yeah. spent more time in Azkaban than he was able to spend with James and Lily. Uh, based on you know, you go to Hogwarts when you're 11, he gets thrown in jail when he's 21, so that's 10 years, and he's in jail for 12. So, uh, yeah, he didn't yeah. didn't have the best uh, best middle life, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it ended kind of quickly too. Rip. Yeah. Well, who would you say are your favorite characters? I. I'm a big Lupin fan. I always liked him like from the start. Um, who doesn't love Neville? He's the the true hero of the series, as I said. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've always liked Fred and George a lot. Um, you know they're wacky. They're uh they're pranksters, but especially like in the movies, I've always liked like those actors playing them. Um, yeah. Same with Arthur Weasley. I've always liked him a lot. Like just seeing him freak out at mundane human things um and then um i don't know i liked luna a fair amount i feel like she doesn't get enough love Um, yeah but i don't know i mean i don't think there's many characters that i truly like dislike um yeah it's actually uh you brought up both uh arthur weasley and uh, Remus Lupin, J.K. Rowling actually stated that, uh, you know, in book five, I believe, when uh, Arthur Weasley, he almost died, uh, and then Harry helped save him, uh, that, you know, it was actually briefly off topic with what I'm saying. It was cool to go into the hospital and uh, see Gilderoy Lockhart make a reappearance. 
But, um, yeah, uh, J.K. Rowling stated that, you know, because Harry was able to save Arthur Weasley, uh, she let Arthur Weasley live. So she then decided to kill off Remus Lupin. Oh, great. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like her own prophecy. Well, you know, neither could live while the other survives. But it was just because she needed to kill off a certain amount of characters, you know. <laughs> Got to meet Quota. <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah. Dead characters. <laughs> That's yeah, what it comes well, down to, I guess. Also, Hagrid is another one that I like a lot. And oh, Tonks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Hagrid, the actor, is not doing too well. If you guys, no, uh, yeah. If you guys want to donate to him, he's uh, he's going through like some bad divorce stuff and stuff like that. Uh, he oh, turned sixty nine the other day. I think he does have health problems. Like too. he's in a wheelchair or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Someone his someone his um size. Well, he's six one. Oh really? He's yeah. <laughs> I really th- I really thought he was huge. I guess they just stand no. him in the foreground. <laughs> And I mean, so, all the actors are pretty. I mean, da- compared to Daniel Radcliffe, he is pretty. He is pretty big. Yeah, Radcliffe yeah. is five five. That's uh, that doesn't help him, you know. Wow. But uh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is the same height as Emma Watson. Mm. Fun fact for you. That's, uh, that's great. But yeah, the the heights they're nowhere near uh, as close to what they should be in the books. Like Ron, for example, is supposed to be way taller than the twins but as you see the twins ta- tower over everyone but mm, yeah um well, that's okay christian what about you um mm, let's see now as i said i'm not super like into harry potter as everyone else but you know i always liked lupin um i like his like werewolf thing i, I always thought that was cool and I like anthropy like what? That's his lycanthropy. Oh, that's his lycanthropy. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what sure. it's called. Um, Liam actually, sorry to interrupt, but Liam actually told me that. Uh, what were you saying, Liam? That it's like representative of AIDS or something like that. Huh? Um, the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, being a werewolf. Yeah. Um, I was reading a theory that um, being a werewolf in Harry Potter was um, I forget what the word is. It's like being code for oh symbolic um of the AIDS pandemic, which was going on during the during the time that um that J.K. Rowling was writing uh, writing some of the books that'd be uh, the early nineties. Um, it, it's a it's a pretty deep it's a pretty deep um theory, so I, I can't really go into it that far because I didn't read into it that much, but I did read that somewhere. Hmm. This seems very interesting, but uh, yeah, I was like Lupin. Uh, I like Hagrid. I like Friend George. I like uh, definitely not Hermione. Hermione is the worst. Okay. Her uh, Emma Watson. La La the worst. Uh, all right. Um, there are better Emmas out there. That's uh, not true. I'll say. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I like them. Obviously, I like Harry. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if any of them, like, like, stuck out, like, oh, I love this character in particular, but, uh... Buckbeak. Buckbeak. Oh, I love Buckbeak. He's cute. Uh, with the wings. Yeah. yeah, with the wings. No, I, I said with the wings. Uh, that's... With the wings is, you know, his code name. 
uh, oh. when he gets sentenced to death, to death, but then, uh, they, uh, you know, he escapes. And then later on, uh, when Sirius dies, Buckbeak gets returned to Hagrid. So Hagrid's keeping, keeping him back at Hogwarts. So they rename him to try to disguise him. Oh, you know, well, I did not know that, but well, you would know if you read the books, but you didn't. All right. Whatever. Okay. But, um, looks like we're just about out of time. So, uh, Liam, Jimmy, thank you for coming on and talking all about Harry Potter. This yeah. interesting. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of yeah, course. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Yeah. I'd just like to say, oh, okay. you know, before you, <laughs> before you leave, uh, if you're going shopping for Harry Potter merch, make sure to use promo code Will and Christian, uh, <laughs> oh. off your order. <laughs> And, uh, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. for zero percent off your order. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.